Welcome everybody to Sustainability Bites, a podcast produced by Sutherland and Partners. Today we are starting a series of episodes on food labeling. I have with me Antoine Thiel, a very young law student currently living in Zurich. Antoine launched an European citizen initiative about EcoScore. We invite him to tell us more about this initiative and the process of launching an ECI. Welcome Antoine and thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for your invitation. Hello everyone. So I am Antoine Thiel, I am 24 years old and I come from Belgium, a small village near Tournai. I studied uh, political science and law in uh, Saint Louis Brussels University. After that, I started my master in the Kai Leuven for one year and then a second year here in Zurich in international and European law. I must say that I'm very interested into European law. And so that's maybe one of the reasons why I launched uh, this European Citizens Initiative. But I'm sure that we will talk about that a bit uh, later in this podcast. Definitely. And uh, indeed, uh, these days, the, the European Citizen uh, Initiative uh, gathers some interest given this uh, new initiative introduced a few days ago on uh, calling for the institutionalization of the European Day of whatever it takes on July 26th as a reference to the to the statement made by Mario Draghi a few years ago with, with the Euro crisis. So uh, I think it's quite a good moment to talk about the uh, European Citizens Initiative, which is already 10 years old. And yeah, talk us about, about uh, ECI that uh, you work on, uh, on the EcoScore and labeling. I think uh, it can be best first to start with the origins of, of our project. Um, most of us uh, were already active in environmental issues, but I would say more in a passive sense. So we were protesting at the climate strikes in Brussels. And after a while, we thought, well, it's good to protest, but it's even better if we propose solutions. And uh, when we were meeting in, in Ghent around a cup of coffee, we thought, uh, why not starting a European Citizens Initiative, which is, of course, a tool that is not very well known in the general population. But we were lucky enough to, to study that in a course of European law. And by at that time, we thought, yeah, maybe one day in our life, it could be nice to, to try it and to see what are the advantages or the drawbacks of it. So we decided to start the ECI and to focus on a European EcoScore. Uh, at that time, there was only no EcoScore uh, existing in the market because Colerec, for example, in Belgium, launched its own a few weeks later. So we actually noticed that it was a trend, a growing trend within businesses, NGOs. Uh, but maybe this positive aspect uh, has also uh, a, a drawback, which is that everyone was taking its own approach with its own uh, criteria and we really believe that we should get a European approach with a uniform um, method of, cal of calculation and we went even a bit further um, because we asked to have a compulsory label on every kind of product 
starting by food and clothes, because it's easier to calculate the environmental impact than for a computer, for example. Uh, but it was really all demand to the European Commission. So after creating an international team in 10 different EU countries, after uh, organizing ourselves, it was a big challenge and meeting a lot of different experts to um, draw our, our text. We finally launched our initiative in July uh, by making a big uh, bicycle tour of 550 kilometers in a way to meet people, uh, to go in, uh, in the field, to meet um, agricultures, businesses, NGOs, politicians at local, regional and national level, and also to convince people in the streets. And at that time, we first realized that nobody knew the European Citizens Initiative. So it was a, <laughs> a big work to explain what is the instrument all about. And I think that the second big point was um, realizing the enthusiasm of people. I mean, it's amazing to see all the small initiatives that are growing at every level of the society. And I think that it's very important also to focus on that because it, it can be very depressive when you see how climate is going, sometimes lack of ambition of all politicians. We have seen that in the COP27. So it's important also to still believe in the future and to focus on real concrete initiatives at the different level of society. And then you were mentioning that you were meeting many, many people uh, during this uh, bike trip. What's your perception of uh, idea that the people has regarding uh, food labeling or mandatory labeling, uh, in this case, EcoScore, but also NutriScore similar initiatives? Did you perceive uh, a welcoming ambience or hesitating? No, I think uh, the, the big, big majority of people would like to have uh, clearer and more transparent uh, labeling um, because yes, people know, uh, I think I believe are more uh, aware of all the impacts of their consumption and, and that's very important. So we should provide this information and provide it in a way that is very understandable very important. Critiques we received came from usually uh, enterprises and more small enterprises. And, and, and I understand why. I mean, if you have a compulsory method and so you have to assess very precisely the environmental impact of your products, of course, of course, it costs money. And for small businesses, it's, it's way more difficult than for big uh, multinational uh, businesses. We heard these concern. Uh, and of course, it's, it was also nice for us to, to discuss with everyone because we, we changed some approaches in our, in our initiative to make it uh, more attractive for, for everyone and not uh, only for big enterprises because it's not our goal. It's nice that you, you mentioned that. I think uh, everybody involved in, in public affairs or uh, working in Brussels knows, knows about the importance of receiving different inputs to, to really take into consideration different sensibilities in any, in any proposal. Regarding more the, the, 
the most uh, practical aspects of the ECI. Um, what were your the, the main challenges you, you faced uh, when uh, creating this initiative, when promoting it, and and, and getting it uh, done? I think there are challenges at every step of the process. First of all, when we have to write down our initiative, it's already a challenge because even for me as a legal uh, student, uh, it was sometimes difficult to totally understand all the process. But fortunately enough, we were helped by the European Commission experts, but also by, by other uh, associations that are already helping uh, young people like us to build a, a, an initiative. But then the second challenge is, of course, to create team uh, with motivated people and people who are ready to invest a lot of time and energy uh, freely, aside from their work or aside from uh, their study. And also after that, to organize these teams and to keep a regular contact uh, between the different uh, national teams. Because, you know, it's easy if you are in a team in Brussels and you meet every week uh, or in person. But when you have to deal with people in Denmark, in Italy, in Spain or in Poland, uh, it's a bit more challenging. And the realities in each country are very different. I think, for example, regarding your environmental concerns, uh, we noticed that it was way more difficult to convince people uh, on the eastern part of Europe because maybe it's less on the agenda right now than in the Western part. I don't blame them for that, but just so you, you can see the, the differences in mentalities. So it's enriching, but at the same time, a challenge. And I would say afterwards during all the year, uh, the biggest challenge is to keep the motivation because when you see the 1 million signatures to reach it seems completely impossible. And even if you spend your entire day in streets to convince people, even if you go to Aulas, because we have done a lot of um, promotion in universities, high schools, and uh, we, take, we took part in environmental markets. We went to conference, lectures. Even if you do all of that, you see that the number of signatures doesn't grow as fast as you would like. So you always have to take a step back and uh, reflect on what are the objective, reframe uh, also your aims. So I, I think that's uh, one of the biggest challenge um, aside from, uh, from, from convincing people, because of course you don't speak in the same language with uh, young people or with the media during the interviews or with with politicians. So it's also a challenge. To end my point, I think that the, the European Citizens Initiative is very interesting if you want to promote a debate and mm -hmm. to, uh, to put forward an idea. To, but of course, if you really want to achieve a legal goal, which is collecting 1 million and then have the European Commission deciding on your point, I think that's not the right tool. Um, mm -hmm. We call it a European citizens initiative, but I would reframe it like a, a European uh, NGOs or big organizations initiative. Because yeah. to be honest, to 
to reach that number of signatures, you need a lot of money, you need a very huge network, and it's pretty much impossible for just us young people to, to reach that goal. I, I was going to just refer to that. I think um, you're right. It's uh, You need a lot of uh, investment for, uh, to, to reach those targets, but it's true that, and, and you are a good example, your, your proposal was a good example of that, or how to create a debate around the topic via these, these initiatives. And um, two more questions about it. Uh, what are you most proud of and what would you do differently regarding the, the ACI? First, I think that I'm not proud personally, but I'm proud collectively of um, all the, the involvement of most of the people in our initiative. I'm very... Um, yeah, I'm very thankful for what I've lived uh, during one year and a half because I built uh, fantastic uh, friendships. I met uh, a lot of motivated people in every kind of sector, not only young people and not only in environmental NGOs. I mean, everywhere. Um, so it's very motivating for, for the future. I think I'm also um, very thankful for the fact that some people believed in us and greatly helped us. Uh, think about a few universities or high schools that were really pushing um, for, uh, for promoting this initiative. For example, the Hailao or even Brussels, my, my previous university. Uh, the WWF was also very uh, helpful in giving us advice and, uh, and about the, communica the communication side. So I'm very proud of this collective effort to make the world better, I would say. <laughs> and on the point of what I would have done differently, it is a difficult question. I think that I've learned a lot about human relations and how to manage a team. So um, I would definitely do it a bit uh, differently. I mean, to really um, keep people motivated, you have to organize also fun events. Uh, you have to push to create a bit of competition, but you know, a healthy competition between the different teams. So people uh, feel that they have an objective to aim so I would do this human management differently. And I would try also to build a huge uh, organizations and NGOs network before starting our initiative. So we can really involve a lot of different partners in the creation and in the drafting of the text. Because what, what, what we did is to uh, write it down and then to contact uh, a lot of people and because we hadn't we didn't have any experience we, we did uh, things like that but afterwards we thought oh yes maybe it, it would have been better first to build that network and then afterwards to start our, our ICI even though to be really honest with you an initiative it lasts for one year uh, we already took six months to draft it and as you might know, as young people, our life is always uh, changing. So it's very, it's 
very difficult also to think, okay, we start a project and we will run it during uh, two years, two years and a half. Uh, we wanted to keep it the shortest possible to be sure to go along until the end. So it's also a challenge. Yeah, I can, I can imagine because, uh, well, we in Shutala, we have experience working in, in international projects or European projects and, and I can very much relate to everything you are saying about how to, to, to keep people motivated working in different uh, locations at the same time. We also, as a, as a company, we have different offices, uh, in, in the Netherlands and, and, and here in Brussels and, um, and obviously it's not the same as being all located in the same place. So, yeah. And I think it's very interesting what you, what you said as well on, on the importance of, um, identifying the stakeholders or building the network in advance to be able to, to, to start the process already with some engagement and with some, uh, support granted, I guess. Uh, so very interesting, uh, your, your points on this and, um, before finishing, I, I want to come back a bit on, on the topic of, of your ECI. So the, the echo score. Um, now we are also see, seeing the debate on the, on the nutri score, uh, at EU level. We are seeing that there are different, um, national initiatives, uh, in Italy, in Belgium, uh, in, yeah. in the Netherlands or, or, or in France. And, um, you were mentioning something and, uh, I don't know if you can reflect a bit more on the importance of, of of your initiative, putting an especial emphasis on being EU-wide, of covering the, the the whole EU market and not just restricting it to to certain national markets. Can you explain a bit further on the, on it? Uh, why do you think it's it's important to be EU-wide? This initiative. I think first of all, um, a European Union convinced a person. So of course uh, there are things to improve, and uh, and I'm I'm sure that it's not perfect. But I really believe that uh, European Union is, is it's essential in the world of today, uh, because especially on the environmental issue, it doesn't make sense to act at the national level only and to have national approach. So because we are traveling around Europe, uh, products are traveling, um, and of course this is a global uh, challenge. It should be. We should actually deal with that at the world level, but if we can already do that at the European level, it's already a good step. So I believe it makes more sense to have uniform uh, approach, especially for the labeling of products at the European level. Um, of course, also national and regional initiatives are important, but. I really believe that for this kind of, uh, of information, it's essential to act at the European level. And also a bit related, what do you think it's the future of an eco, eco labeling or eco score labeling? Um, do you think in the future we will see it? Are you optimistic on this or, uh, or what's your vision? Fundamentally, I am a very optimistic person. <laughs> sometimes too optimistic, so I have, I have to keep realistic also. But I, I believe yes, because it's a, it's a massive trend. And also the European Commission announced that they will uh, work on a common methodology uh, about environmental impact. So it shows that we are on the right path. 
Of course, I'm always uh, been afraid of intense lobbying that could undermine uh, the the process of uh, of giving you know very ambitious information about environment. Because of course, if you have a good product, it's always good to show how concerned you are by the environment. But our idea is also to indicate clearly if a product is bad for the environment. So that's a bit more sensitive. And I think that if we want to meet the challenge that we are facing right now in terms of climate change, we should have a very ambitious approach. Uh, but of course, it's going to create a lot of opposition from some people that don't want uh, to expose so clearly the bad impact of their products. So it's going to be, yeah, a challenge and a fight, I would say. But I think that we are on the good way. Okay, uh, it's great to hear someone so so committed and so motivated to, towards uh, a, a, such a such a good goal as a. As having or promoting a, a more sustainable world in the end. So thank you very much, Antoine, for, for being our first guest in our podcast. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. As mentioned, this is part of a series of episodes on food labeling, so do not miss the next one on NutriScore. Sustainability Bites is a podcast produced by Suterra and Partners. We intend to offer you sound bites on sustainability, health, agro and food topics. If you like it, do not miss the chance to share this episode. My name is Arturo Sklarin and I have been your host today. Thanks to Margot Plurian and the rest of the production team. And see you next time.